listening to The Renegade Economist, investigating monopoly profits, great corruption, and the policy solutions demanded. Geeky but essential, the tools to the fairest and most efficient economic system await. With your host, Carl Fitzgerald. And welcome listeners to the 590th edition of The Renegade Economist. Will I get to 600? That is my aim. As uh, we delve into this show, perhaps the last for the year, and what a year it's been, hey? The pandemic has exposed the inflexibility of our economic framework, uh, largely driven, of course, by that uh, primal need to maintain a roof over our heads. High land prices have raised their ugly head again this year as uh, the economy was slammed shut overnight and people had to scramble to make their $2,000 monthly mortgage. Sure, it was good the banks did come to the table and pause many mortgages for those in financial hardship, uh, but it was uh, in the rental space where that uh, age-old relationship between master and servant or between landlord and tenant was revealed again. Uh, this week's Victorian budget papers revealed that some 57,000 tenants uh, came to agreement with their landlords. Uh, there are some 500,000 such arrangements in the state. So, uh, yeah, just over 11% managed to come to an agreement so uh, a lot of renters out there still faced a lot of pain and in this uh, gig economy uh, straddled with high student debt uh, there's been a lot of pain uh, out there for renters and uh, yeah my thoughts go out to anyone who's uh, stuck in a dark hovel of an apartment uh, with uh, housemates that have stretched relationships uh, during this pandemic period. It must have been so difficult. And uh, it just brings me back to all of that pain people find themselves in, no matter whether you're a renter in such a share household or uh, a property owner trying to come up with $2,000 a month. That is a lot of money, and that's a conservative amount. Many properties are much higher than that. Uh, this is a burden that uh, we need to deal with, and unfortunately, this neoliberal agenda we are stuck within. Uh, there's been a lot of concern about privatizations, about globalization, but I think finally we're starting to see that this global commodification of a place to call home is having dramatic effects on society's ability to deal with uh, the problems that are popping up more and more regularly. And uh, yeah, we just got to hope that. Uh, People can find at least uh, an hour a week to study up on these details and uh, and become uh, au fait with uh, the laws of economics, with supply and demand. And talking supply and demand, uh, next Tuesday, December the 1st, we're launching our 10th speculative vacancies report. Unfortunately, I can't reveal the details there, but the numbers are, of course, shocking as always. And, uh, yeah, really point the finger at this tension between this 20-year housing crisis and uh, the rampant 
commodification of a place to call home. Homes should be for housing, not as an income stream. And it's that common driver that uh, is pulling at the fabric of society. And uh, yeah, there's no better place to really see that than in Australia's national accounts. And uh, yeah, late October, the uh, national accounts, ABS 5204, were released where uh, any economist uh, with a grain of salt quickly scrambles to Table 61 to see the data that uh, virtually no other Western economy produces. The UK has uh, finally started moving in this direction. But in Table 61, you can see how much Australian land values increased for the year. And my, my, I should have done a live uh, broadcast of it because when I looked at it, it's going to be cliche, but my jaw just absolutely dropped. I could not believe these numbers I was reading because you just think for the financial year 2019-20, coming into it, we had... uh, you know, the wash up from the federal election where the ALP was uh, tipped to win, um, all the focus on negative gearing, capital gains tax reform alongside the Royal Banking Commission, uh, tightening up lending standards there from APRA. There was a lot of pressure on investors and you could see that the market was really faltering. And uh, yeah, not long after... Morrison got back into power and it was clear that none of those tax changes were going to happen. Uh, The market came to life again and by spring of last year, 2019, we could see strong clearance rates. We could see that the real estate market was taking off again. And, uh, you know, we thought, geez, this is... um, kind of around this 18-year cycle and ready to take off again. Perhaps that's what's happening. And then, of course, the pandemic hit and uh, the whole real estate market shut down, wasn't allowed to hold auctions. Uh, A few ran uh, live digital auctions uh, via Zoom and whatnot and uh, did sell properties, but uh, the market pretty well shut down. Well, to open up Table 61 and see that Australian land values had increased from $5.76 trillion to $6.18 trillion. Uh, This is total land values. That was a $422.6 billion increase in Australian land values. And of course, uh, people are up in arms when the banking industry as a total cross Uh, The big four banks, the smaller banks, uh, the community banks, all of the banking industry put together, international banks that are placed here in Australia, that totals up to around about $20 billion a year. So here we are during a year where basically half of the real estate market was uh, wiped out uh, due to the pandemic. (sighs) Prices increased by 20 times banking profits. And of course, uh, Victoria and New South Wales claimed 83% of the residential land price inflation. So uh, pity to Queensland, South Australia, WA, Tassie, NT, 
even the ACT, you guys missed out on this secret subsidy that uh, government takes from workers through income taxes, uh, takes from the companies that do pay their tax, uh, takes from consumers paying GST, and suddenly gives it back to them through massive infrastructure programs that drive land price inflation. And of course, a good old inflation rate doesn't pick this up as uh, being taught to ignore the, the real estate bubble. And so policymakers can continue on unabashed as interest rates get slashed lower and lower. So, yeah, <laughs> I wish I could bring you guys some good news. But, uh, yeah, to see that Victorian land values increased by $135.6 billion over the year. New South Wales, $160 billion increase. So, yeah, that was the majority of the gain. Uh, Queensland, $41 billion. Uh, next was uh, WA, 10.8. ACT, 7.4. Yeah, South Australia, 9.7. Tassie 6.7, NT went backwards. So, uh, yeah, landowners in those areas uh, didn't attain such a uh, lucrative income stream that they can then go and knock on their bank's door and say, look, value of my property is increased, so I'd like to borrow against it to buy my first investment property. Don't be frustrated. Why shouldn't I be? of those behaviours uh, are possible, particularly since the outrageous federal government. Josh Frydenberg, what will you be remembered for as treasurer? Setting off uh, the next real estate bubble, because really I'm not seeing a commitment from government around the country that uh, this 20-year housing crisis means anything. We just have to live in, in higher and higher debts and the thing that concerns me there is uh, it's basically tightening the noose on the creative sector to play by the rules. It's tightening the noose on the activist world to play by the rules. Because if you don't, uh, you will end up in one of those dark hovels renting for your entire life and uh, you will miss out on these secret subsidies. And that is the, the big stick behind this immense power that the property industry and property owners have over anyone uh, trying to earn a wage, run a business, uh, make the world a better place, or make the world a happier place. And that's, uh, you know, that's why I try to point out, you guys, try to get people interested in this because, uh, yeah, I'm just uh, ever so happy that, of course, Donald Trump didn't get in, but the, the wreckage through the economic leadership uh, they've supposedly portrayed in terms of systemic decline when governments do run out of money, do, you know, the problems get too big. Well, uh, Ivanka Trump has uh, pushed uh, what's known as special economic opportunity zones, most likely through her husband, what's his name, 
And uh, yeah, this is where you get a 50% capital gains tax discount. If you buy into a distressed neighborhood and leave your capital there for a decade, this is code for uh, gentrification. And so when that occurs, when more hot money comes into a community, up go the rents, up go the property prices, up goes the economic pain. And because inflation doesn't pick up uh, the role of land price inflation and the influence that has when uh, many people are paying 20 to 30% of their budget on somewhere to live, uh, it deserves a higher weighting in the inflation basket. It used to, up until the mid-90s and a global trend came through, uh, that pretty well mimics what happens in the labour market where you know many people would have heard that uh, if you work two hours a fortnight, you're considered employed. Well, yeah, they've basically uh, wiped out um, uh, land price inflation from uh, the core measurement so policymakers aren't registering the impact this is having on the community this is where my kids would go dun, dun, dun. so will land and housing prices fall uh, following the pandemic it feels like there might have been a couple of months of correction there but uh, soon uh, those prices are going to have regained any losses and uh, yeah it's upwards and onwards for people um, we have to all uh, run on that treadmill a little faster. Many people have been saying that uh, with the lack of foreign students, the lack of uh, immigration, that the Australian economy is really going to suffer. But uh, one of the recent data points that's uh, surprised me is that uh, expats have returned in droves and there's some 369,000 so far have returned and uh, similar to our immigration student numbers. So uh, yeah, it's not really gonna make too much of a difference. Uh, the issue is here in Victoria, will those expats be scared away from Victoria's uh, COVID hotspot reputation? Will they all flock to uh, far North Queensland and turn it from <laughs> conservative to a progressive state? Who knows? Maybe that could be some silver lining out of uh, out of this pandemic. But it appears that uh, people with deep pockets have come back to Australia to enjoy our public health system, to enjoy uh, the sanctity of uh, these basic rights to be able to live in a society where health is a fundamental factor of uh, everyday life. And if that fails, as we've seen this year, the whole economy falls apart. And I hope some of you uh, enjoyed last uh, month's podcast, uh, delving further into Big Pharma with Tahir Amin. Uh, great to have his insights there on, uh, yeah, this dwindling rate of R&D expenditure. And from that, yeah, the sort of preventative outlook in, in the medical model has failed. Uh, whilst they avoid paying their taxes, they're very quick to put their hand out for government bailouts, for government uh, R&D funding during this crisis. And really, they, they expose society to undue risk because uh, there was no preventative model there. And perhaps if more of uh, uh, 
the, the corporate uh, profits that come from publicly funded research th- through the university sector, if there was some sort of uh, royalty paid on, on those returns uh, to fund some sort of public health preventative disease type institutions that we see the Victorian government here shelling out $155 million uh, as just the very start of the process to set one up. Uh, the pharmaceutical industry should be coming together to, to discuss what they can do to ensure this never happens again. Let's hope that uh, Biden brings that sort of forward thinking, brings the pharmaceutical economy into that public interest space to ensure this never happens again. As more and more methane melts away who knows what sort of diseases are going to be revealed as we were forewarned by uh, shows such as the x-files we know this stuff is coming down the pipeline so future generations uh, should not have to go further into debt uh, when this is known Um, they're already going to be in enough debt with uh, student debts with uh, land and housing related debts so this is, uh, you know, a real test of this uh, neoliberal system. Can they wind it back to recognise the role that the public plays in society? We've obviously gone way too far on the privatisation agenda, uh, way too far on the influence of lobbyists over politicians and way too far in terms of the concentration of media. Uh, great to see the Murdochracy under some pressure. And uh, yeah, you just wonder what sort of machinations are going on uh, in Rupert's head with uh, the Fox News um, wind back from uh, El Trumpo. Uh, <laughs> you can you, you just wonder what what is what Murdoch's setting himself up for next. So, the Victorian budget released yesterday on the housing front. Big call with some 12,000 new public housing beds created, $5.3 billion invested in that. But for me, the thing I quickly caught on to was the stamp duty holiday given to any purchase under $1 million. Uh, This is for the next six, seven months. And uh, yeah. People who buy a new home get a 50% stamp duty discount. People who buy an existing home can get a 25% stamp duty discount. So that's going to save people uh, buying an apartment around about nine dollars to $10,000. If you're uh, buying a, a new home, you're going to save $19,000. Uh, if you're buying an old one, you're going to save close to ten grand. So... Uh, yeah, the problem we've seen is uh, that whenever we try to subsidise our way out of a housing crisis, we tend to compound the problems. So if you've got an extra $19,000 that you don't have to pay the government, what are you going to do? You're going to throw a bit more money into that market to ensure you get the house you want. So instead of that 19000 going to the state, it's going to end up going to the banks, fattening their profit margins. Now, this is uh, 
something that we screamed about virtually in our press release uh, yesterday saying, can somebody please paint this over the door of the treasurer's office? If buyers get access to more credit, land and house prices are set to increase. It is such a simple fact. I hope you guys get this by now. That if you get a saving in housing, it really is going to be competed away. So we have two primary forms of subsidy. One has been the stamp duty discount, which started in, I think, uh, mid-2011 by uh, Premier Napthine back in those days. And we were onto it saying this was a problem and it was only costing uh, the state about, uh, I think, $75 million a year. Well, um, yeah, this was for first home buyers to be able to uh, buy a property it was seen as an incentive to give them a stamp duty discount for buying a property under 600 odd thousand. Um, in the last few years, they've had to increase that up to 750,000 for first home buyers to receive the stamp duty discount because they'd competed with each other and pushed the price of housing well beyond 600k, so they need $750,000 discount. Now, last year that cost us $724 million. So anyone uh, thinking of future generations would wince when they recognise that a $724 million uh, so-called subsidy is actually making the problem worse. Well, now we have uh, the Victorian government saying, well, let's just open it up for everyone and uh, as long as you're buying under a million dollars, we're going to throw uh, 126. They're saying 126 million dollars. That's all it's going to cost the budget. Wow. And they're saying it's there's going to be 550 million dollar cost for the first home buyer's stamp duty discount. So I imagine both of those are going to go out the window because. A life of precarity exposed by the pandemic is going to drive those animal instincts and every man and his dog is going to be out there trying to find a detached home with a reasonable backyard where they can um, set up base for the next the next strain of uh, COVID whenever it comes through. So I'm feeling like this is going to be an absolute gangbuster of a year for detached housing. On the other side, I would not want to be a owner of apartment uh, uh, developments, uh, investment properties in, in apartments. I think there's going to be quite a divergent market between apartments and uh, and the, the family, the typical uh, what was once called the quarter acre block. But of course, we never get quarter acre blocks now. I think... Uh, uh, we're down to about 515 square metres uh, is the median size property. Keeps reducing in size down from uh, around about 660 was, was the sort of uh, quarter acre block size. And so uh, as that price, ha- as that size area has reduced, the per metre cost of land keeps going up and up and up. But of course, uh, me and my two other part-time buddies uh, working away for Prosper Australia, trying to uh, 
tell this story get drowned out by the 12 or 13 well-funded real estate lobbies and think tanks. Yeah, so uh, I appreciate um, any motivation you can send me to to keep flying this flag because, oh, my God, to see this Victorian budget because uh, the stamp duty discount, uh, yeah, was only one of the things they did. One of the other ones that's been a real bugbear for me is the regional first home buyers grant. So on the other side of the subsidy um, equation, the first home buyers grant is actually more dangerous than the stamp duty discount because when you get an extra $20,000 like uh, people do to buy in regional Victoria, uh, the banks include that as an income source. So uh, adding an extra 20K onto your income means you can probably borrow at least 100K extra and uh, there goes any chance of affordability for those fleeing the city. Yeah, investors are just out here cruising the streets in their Mercedes. God knows what they're doing using GPS and uh, all the sort of um, digital data big data um, demographic tools to figure out how much they can buy property out here near Drummond, uh, near Malmesbury, uh, all through regional Victoria. People are getting letters uh, talking about one. Uh, one of the first ones I got uh, that alerted me that something really big was happening in the property market here in regional Victoria was uh, a property uh, about five minutes away from me that had... Uh, an impromptu auction called when six bidders were vying for a property that had been on the market for 11 days, barely been advertised, and uh, it ended up selling for $417,000 above the reserve, above what the sellers wanted. So, yeah, there is uh, a lot of interest uh, about escaping the city, working remotely, and uh yeah we will see what ends up happening from um from this uh this tree change agenda it's going to be very interesting to see how that works out the other other sort of policy howler in the housing space is the shared equity program again more access to credit the government basically helps you with your deposit you have to come up with barely any of it that guarantee helps get you a loan and then uh, when you sell, you you pay some 50% of the equity back to the government. But of course, because more people are getting access to credit sooner, it's going to uh, put added demand into the market, which pushes prices upwards. So everything about this so-called progressive government's agenda to uh, assist housing, uh, they have all these big words about the sanctity of the family home, the sanctity and security of the family home, they say. Well, I don't know who you're getting your advice from, Tim Pallas, but it's absolutely disgraceful what you've done with this budget. And uh, to see that smarmy look on your face when you said, no, there's not going to be any of the sort of uh, reforms we've seen in New South Wales where, well, it's not perfect. They're starting to replace stamp duty with land tax. Timmy uh, Small Target Pallas uh, is just resting on his laurels and... uh, who knows? John Woodman has been busted uh, through IBAC and there's been all this controversy that does head back to uh, 
Uh, Premier Daniel Andrews did have discussions with him. I just wonder what the Wyndham Warriors, uh, the developers out the back of uh, Wyndham, Tim Pallas's uh, office, because uh, to top it all off, the corporatisation of the rental market has been assured in this budget with a 50% land tax discount for the big international capital uh, regimes to come in and install apps on their renters' uh, phones. They'll start scraping the big data. They're going to have facial recognition cameras in the foyers of properties. All sorts of invasions of privacy are going to occur with uh, heat-based technology, probably sound-based technology as well. You'll be getting app notifications on your TV volumes too loud, I imagine, in years to come. So, yeah, another cheery show here on The Renegades. And, you know, nice to have a bit of a ramble with you. So uh, check out prosper.org.au for uh, details on the speculative vacancies launch. I hope you can read that report, uh, nearly 100 footnotes. I'd love you to be calling your MPs to attention on. So it's vital that we ensure that they can't get away with this because... uh, a so-called progressive government uh, doing this to uh, housing after the year we've had um, in years to come. I'm sure we'll be looking back on it and going, geez, what was Tim Pallas up to? When you look through all those infrastructure projects, all those new hospitals, remember, land price takes the gains. listening uh, check out the show notes at prosper.org.au find me on twitter at earth sharing occasionally on facebook uh, under the prosper australia banner yes stay safe out there as we search for rational solutions to seemingly complex problems